Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside Deepak Gohill. Good evening, Deepak. Good evening, Paul. How are you, mate? I'm good. Uh, as well as can be expected after that game. Uh, Kev is um, he's absent today. His, uh, his absence is being sponsored by the post office, um, who are letting him down a bit on his internet service. So there you go, post office, internet service provider, if you actually don't want any internet. So, Kev, we hope to have you back on the show as soon as possible. Normally, I script these intros. Um, I have a look at the game the day before, and I write a bit about, and, you know, we, we make a bit of fun of the game. I haven't done one today, guys, because I am lost for words. The 49ers stunk the place up yesterday, and I couldn't write an intro for it. So what we're going to do, we're just going to go straight into the show today. We've got lots of comments that have come in from um, all of you on the Facebook group today. We're going to go through some of those. Uh, we've had some stats in from the game uh, from Mark Lyon. Thanks to Mark for that. Uh, they are not pretty reading, but we're going to go through. We're gonna, I say we're going to go through all of your comments. Deepak, what can we say about Ooh, that game yesterday? Well, um, disappointing. I think people realise that Seattle is always going to be a difficult place for us to to get anything from. And I think what made it what made it distinct from the Carolina game was the manner of the defeat rather than the fact that we we lost. You know, it wasn't until garbage time that we got any yards or, or points for that matter. So I think it was the way we lost that. That really was a hammer blow to the faithful, but in reality, you know, I mean, we said it in the preview show that Seattle were there for the taking. They somehow managed to avoid defeat against um, the Miami Dolphins, and then they lost to um, the LA Rams, who we handily took care of. So, you know, we had every right to be optimistic, but I think um, there's a wretched curse with Seattle and us, and we need to uh, address this at some point. Yeah, the score in the end was 37 to Seattle, 18 to the 49ers. I think 15 of those points for the 49ers were completely unearned. Um, the only one that they really properly worked for was a field goal um, early on in the game. Looking at the stats, playing Gabbert, 14 of 25 for 119 yards. That was it. One interception. Um Gabba actually passed 100 yards with 1 minute 55 left on the clock. Um, by comparison, um, Wilson was 15 of 23. So similar sorts of numbers there, 14 of 25, 15 of 23. The difference, Wilson threw for 243 yards in total with one touchdown. Rushing, Carlos Hyde ran 21 times for 103 yards. Sean Drone, 5 for 10 yards. And Gabbert ran five for 25 yards, receiving three three receptions for Smith for 35 yards, Selleck three for 25, and Curley two for 24. Stats don't tell this game, though. Um, there was just... I don't think there was a single piece of the team that worked properly well, yesterday. I think, I think you know that there, there wasn't really a single piece of the team, and... You know, Chip Kelly's come under this massive fanfare of being um, an innovative coach. Um, I think the problem that we've probably got is that we lack the players who have the ability to execute his his game plans. You know, I mean, if we look at QB, you know, the people, Gabbard, okay, uh, rushing, Hyde, um, drawn, 
receiving Troy Smith, Salah. None of these are really big names in those skill positions, and I do think that we have a gap at now every single skill position on the roster. And and to take a positive from this, because you absolutely have to take a positive from this, is that these roster spots are now ready to be filled by people who do have skills that can be developed or a playing mentality that Chip Kelly can, can mould into the type of football team that he wants to create. Because I, I can't honestly, with a conscience, put this on Chip Kelly. I can't put this on, on any one player. I think this is one of those things where we just don't have enough in the tank to execute because we just don't have the quality required to do that, you know. And and that's not not to point fingers saying, well, he didn't do his job and he didn't do his job. It's, you've just got to sort of step back and say, you know, we're, we're lacking a spark. We're lacking either talent or motivation or ability. I'd like to say it's not motivation because these people earn millions of dollars for playing football. So I think it's the, uh, the latter, not the former, not the latter. Yeah. We put a poll up uh, yesterday on the Facebook group asking who was most to blame for yesterday's victory. And there were lots of choices there. There was Blaine Gabbard. There was the offense, the defense. Um, there was Chip Kelly. There was Trent Bulky. There was Jed York. And there was everybody. The overwhelming majority answer was everybody. And I think it's fair. There is blame to go round everywhere here. I think... I'm... <sighs> I don't want to throw too much blame at the offensive line because they, they to, to a large extent, they were doing their job. The problem is, as much as they do their job, Blaine Gabbert can't throw the football. So, you, you know, you can, you can give him all the time in the world and he's not going to throw the football. We discussed in, uh, in one of the shows last week how Blaine Gabbert was ranked 33rd ranked quarterback in the NFL out of 32 teams. So the 49ers starting quarterback couldn't rank in the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. I want to extend that now and ask you a question, Deepak. The three quarterbacks that we've got, Blaine Gabbert, Colin Kaepernick, Christian Ponder. Is there any other team in the NFL right now where you would say any of those players would well, get a starting job? A starting job, job uh, I would say no. Uh, Kaepernick to Dallas, well, that could have been a thing. You know, maybe he could have started in, in light of, of Tony Romo getting injured. But a starting job in the NFL for either of those three, yeah, there is one place I can think of. Santa Clara, they can start there. <laughs> That is the only place. Even the likes of Jacksonville, I don't think any of those players will start ahead of Blake Bortles. And Blake Bortles had a mess of a game yesterday. You say about Dallas, the thing is they've got Dak Shepard who's running a pretty good offense down there. You know, they're not doing too badly with Dak Shepard under center. And he's he's a rookie quarterback. Even if you look at New England with Tom Brady serving his suspensions, like Tony Ruffalo, as I like to call him, <laughs> stepped in and and did a great job, a terrific job. And even against Houston, they had their third string walked in. So it makes you wonder: is it the system that's competent, or are these players competent? You know, and I think it's um, a very happy medium between the two that they have got a good system. Players understand the system and can step in and execute, you know. But 
you know, Blank, Blank Abbott isn't the answer. I think he kept his starting role on merit. Um, I apologise for people who think Kaepernick is, is better, but from what we've seen, Gabbard clearly deserved to keep his place on the roster. But at the same time, if ever there was an opportunity for Kaepernick to to play some, some meaningful time, because don't forget, it was garbage time in the second quarter. Before even half-time, the game was over. It could have been an opportunity for, for Kaepernick to get some snaps and, uh, and get a run out. But do we know how injured he actually is? Or is there this big phobia the Seattle holds for him? We don't know the answers to those. No. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Um, but first of all, we're going to take a look at some of the comments that have come in over Facebook uh, since yesterday's game. Uh, James Waters actually sums it up perfectly in three words. A proper spanking. It couldn't have put it better myself, James, to be honest. Uh, Rob Newell, uh, it was bad. We're not done for the season yet. Four out of five games at home now. This will determine the season overall. The QB thing is now wide open. And I would be staggered if we do not see another person under centre versus Dallas. Maybe Seven, maybe Ponder. Whoever is, Whoever it is will continue to be a placeholder until the draft or the off-season trade. Got to agree with you completely on that one. Uh, sure, Whitaker, ultimately it's the lack of talent that is hurting us. Deepak, you were saying that before. Based on years of poor drafting and poor acquisitions in free agency. The only position group to be playing well is the O-line. Not that Gabbert has taken advantage of having time to throw, but that is possibly also due to the fact that none of our mediocre wide receivers or tight ends can get open. Very good points there, Stuart. Uh, something that I've been saying myself as well. The O-line can perform all they want. And last season, I was one to absolutely rip the O-line. And this year, I've got to give them props. They've been doing their job. But when everyone around them isn't doing theirs, there's very, very little they can do. Kiefer, uh, Kiefer, 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 I, missed, I really <laughs> nearly said Kiefer Sutherland then, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that Kiefer Meredith, you are now known as Kiefer Sutherland from now on. Um, get rid of garbage Gabbert and replace him with Kaepernick or Ponder. Gabbert is not the answer. I'm going to touch on that now. Um, we're recording this show Monday evening, 8.30. Uh, Chip Kelly was on KNBR 680 this morning out in California and has said that the reason Colin Kaepernick was not put on the field is that he is not game fit. Question, if he's not game fit, what the hell is he doing in a jersey? Well, we can't really answer that, can we? But we can ask the question, well, why is he on the field if he's not if he's not healthy enough to play? You know, what if something did mm. happen to Gabbard? Then what would have happened? You know, um, I, I, I think sometimes these are political decisions that a club makes. And oh, look, I'm going to... I'm going to say I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Trent Balky was complicit in this sort of decision. Um, I, th I think anything's possible after I learned that Trent Balky was the one who submitted the final 53-man roster and not Chip Kelly. Yeah. When, I, when I read that, that's when I realised that, yeah. hang on, all Kelly is going to do is X's and O's and nothing else. You know, Everything else is left to, to, to the man in the suit. Um, but yeah... If Kaepernick is not match fit, he's not match ready, then why is he in a uniform? Um, why isn't he getting rest or treatment or both? And the real question is, what if Gabbert had taken a jarring hit that 
knocked him out completely and unable to continue for the rest of the game. Who would have stepped in then? You know. That's it. That's it precisely. Christian Ponder wasn't even no. active for the game. Surely, if if Kaepernick isn't game fit, it would be in our best interest to put Christian Ponder in as the backup quarterback. But I, we we can't understand the decisions that are being made here. I don't think anybody can understand the decisions that are being made here. Is Chip Kelly basically now assuming? The Jim Tom Sula role from last season of Lamb to um, the Slaughter. Yes and no. You've got to remember Tom Sula was just a line coach. He 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 became a head coach without even becoming a coordinator first. So I think um, Chip Kelly has got a lot more about him as a coach and a lot more experience in terms of being a coach. Uh, Lamb to the Slaughter. You've got to wonder what motivated Chip Kelly to actually come to Santa Clara. You know. Was it the money, or was it a challenge, or or what was his motivation in coming to to coach a team that's bereft yeah. of talent? And he knew this. He probably knew at the time that Baldwin, etc., were all going to be leaving. He probably knew all of this at the time, but still took the job on. You know, um, you know, there's a lot we don't know about how decisions are made and what the process is behind them. But I think we can agree on one thing that a lot of these decisions are now raising more questions than they are answers because if Kaepernick's not fit, yes. then he should not be in uniform. You know? um, or is he fit enough to just hold the fort or, or what? Because clearly, you know, neither of those two quarterbacks are the answer. You know? They're both short-term solutions. Uh, how long that solution is going to take is one only the general manager can answer. And the only time that we've seen Kaepernick on the field so far this season was a three and out. Yeah. Now, again, a three and out, fine. You know, with, with Colin Kaepernick, if all things being equal, and I didn't know what you just told me then about him being injured, I would have said, yes, don't start him against Seattle. You know, he has some sort of phobia against that team, especially in Seattle. Yeah, let's yeah. have it start. We're going to get hammered, whatever. But, you know, Kaepernick, not his thing. But with, what, four minutes left of the second quarter before half time, and the game was long gone. I was saying on Facebook, this would probably not be a bad time to, to let Colin Kaepernick have a go. You know, put him in the shop. If nothing else, just yeah. put him in the shop window, you know, for, 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 his, for his own career. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, um, but give him that opportunity now, you know, Without that benefit of hindsight, we realised that he wasn't actually match ready. So, a uh, lo- lot more questions than there are answers. And I'm surprised that Kelly wasn't pushed into, then why was he in uniform? You know, I'll, I'll have to see if I can dig out the press conference. Uh, James Waters went for the three-word answer in trying to describe the game and how he felt. Martin Hughes has done better than that and summed the game up in one word. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> so well done, well done. The only one that can beat that is somebody that comes up with an emoji, <laughs> and I, I don't know how you describe an emoji over radio. So we're not even going to try that. Uh, Mike Graff sent a great, um, a great message in. Um, Chip's old team, the Eagles, are three and zero, and last night easily defeated arguably one of the top three teams in the league. The previous three years under Chip Kelly, the Eagles were last in time of possession. And now they're first in time of possession. Last year under Chip Kelly, 
the Eagles were the worst run defense in the league so far this year. They're the second best. Last year, the 28th overall defense. This year, number one so far. The Eagles have zero turnovers this season and have outscored their opponents by 29 points more than any other team. All this with average running backs, average receivers, and a rookie quarterback. They've got the highest point differential by scoring the most points and giving up the fewest points than anyone in the league. Those stats are per Matt Kellerman from ESPN. Uh, Mike's added to be objected their first opponents were the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Care Bears. <laughs> I do like that Care Bears. <laughs> Um, does knowing all of this make you question the competence of Chip Kelly? And could the Eagles be doing so well if they'd kept Chip Kelly? Ooh. I think, see, last season's, um, last season's Eagles under Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly was acting as GM as well. And that, that season did skew the results quite a lot. But from what Mike Graff's saying there, from the... Um, from the Max Kellerman stats, this has been, you know, this is going back the previous two years as well. And if we look at the stats from yesterday's game, uh, time of possession, the 49ers, 24 minutes. Mm. And we saw we saw a similar number in the game against uh, the Carolina Panthers. The offense aren't keeping the ball. The time of possession is skewed over to the opposition. What? You know, what that's doing, the 49ers aren't making moves down the field. And the defense is being exhausted by spending more than half the game on the field. This has got to change, hasn't it? Absolutely. It's got to change. But until we've got some kind of rhythm on offense where we can engineer drives, you know, drives that sap the clock. Do you remember back in the day we could have, we could literally hold a drive where it would take nine, ten minutes off the clock. <laughs> a drive that lasted almost a quarter, you know, and march up the entire field and, and score, you know, a seven, not a three, you know. Um, and, and, I, and again, I think it's down to execution. I think Chip Kelly's probably got the offensive mindset to be able to engineer a drive like that, but does he have the players and the personnel in place to do it with? And the, the more I... I see, and I didn't see the Niners game yesterday because all of my streams just refused to cooperate, which in hindsight is probably a good thing. <laughs> I, I do get a sense that, you know, we are lacking real talent. You know, Frank Gore's left us, Anakin Baldwin's left us, you know, everybody's left us. So, um, and those were players that, you know, even Michael Crabtree, who's, you know, who's doing very well in Oakland at the moment, you know, all of those had the capability to produce a big play here and a big play there, you know, and even Kaepernick, and let's be completely transparent about this, even he has the ability to make a big play. We've seen him do it before. Um, there isn't any reason why he really can't do it again, you know, other than an opportunity to for him to actually have that chance. And, uh, you know, as you know, I'm not a cap apologist or a, or, or a fanboy or whatever you want to call it, but I will be objective and say that if he can help us win a football game, uh, we need him in. You know, we, 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 we need him producing. Yeah. And in order for him to produce, he's got to have an opportunity. And I really hope he does get that chance. You know, A, I think he deserves it, but B, I think we need to do something different because if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. None of us like what we're getting. Yeah. You know? To me, it's something you were saying there about quarterbacks. Um, 
it, it came to my mind earlier on in the day today. To me, Gabbard's performances in the three games this season, the the Rams game is kind is slightly skewed. So okay, we'll say in the last two games, Gabbard's performance in the last two games has been Kaepernick at his worst. That that's how it's come across to me. But the difference between Kaepernick and Gabbard is Kaepernick can turn it on. I don't think Gabbard can. Well, I think this is the difference between the two uh, to some degree. You're right in what you say. Mm. Um, Kaepernick can turn it on. Have we seen Blaine Gabbard do a huge play? Not really. Mm. But then, you know, when you've got uh, limited talent on offense, you know, what do, do you remember what we did with Alex Smith? We had him game managing, you know, yeah. swing passes, short passes, high percentage plays. And, you know, this is where the Cap fan fan group will probably slaughter me is neither Blaine Gabbert or Colin Kaepernick are competent game managers. Neither of them can hit, can hit a wide open receiver who's six yards away. You know, so neither of them can game manage either. So, you know, can any of those QBs, either Kaepernick or Gabbert, deliver a big play every play? No, they can't. But I do think that out of the two, if you had to put some money on, say, look, come on, Paul, put Stick a tenner. Do you think Kaepernick, if he played the whole game, would make one big play? There's probably a better chance of him doing that than Blaine Gabbert. I agree with you completely. Uh, James Walter sent in another message. Have the Seattle Seahawks done us a favour in expediting Trent Balky's exit quicker than expected from the GM position? Trent Balky's expediting his own position without any assistance from another team. Um, but, and, and that is a delicate matter. How, how our front office is interlocked with the general management probably holds a lot of the answers that we're looking for. You know, how much autonomy does a, would a general manager have you know, with the 49ers? Um, if we get a new one, what if it's the same again, where his hands are tied? You know, he has to work very closely with the ownership. Again, we'll, we'll find out if, as and when, we get a new general manager. But you know, right now, we need somebody to blame. Uh, we absolutely and um, yeah, and Trent has just made himself very easy to blame because we're tired of blaming Kaepernick. We're tired of blaming Blaine Gabbert. We're tired of blaming a cupcake head coach. So we need somebody to blame. We can't blame Jed York because he's not leaving no matter what. <laughs> okay, so I know let's pick on this hapless GM, and I absolutely mean that he is hapless. He's he's, he's yeah. He is far outstayed his welcome, in my view. How he's not gone before now, I do not know. I'm wondering whether he's got some tapes of Jed York that Jed York doesn't want leaked to the public or something like that. Who knows? But for me, Trent Balky should have been gone at least a season ago, if not more. I want to say a happy birthday to Cat Victorino, um, all the way out in California. Happy birthday to you, Cat, uh, a, a good friend of the show. Um, and she sent a message in as well. I think the season is not lost, but with the lack of talent and QB, uh, QB and receiver, it's going to be tough haul to score any points, unless the defence can score points, which you'd like. Uh, we'll be looking at field goals, and with our schedule ahead, that just isn't going to cut it. Everybody's of the same opinion. You know, we are, we're just not performing anywhere on the field at all. Um, the stats have backed that up. Uh, Looking again at the stats, uh, Gabbert threw for 4.8 yards per attempt, a QB rating of 51.9. In the last two games, the 49ers have given up 948 <laughs> yards. Well, 
That is absolutely uh, shocking. There are a couple of people who have actually said that, you know, well, yeah, we've lost and we've lost badly, but, you know, I still think that we have a few wins left in us as a team this season. You know, it's not the end of the world. We, we will still win games this season, but unless we uh, really tighten up, um, we're going to lose lots of games too. And, you know, Let's put the Seattle game in perspective. All of us have seen us play. All of us have seen the 49ers play like this at least a dozen times in the last three seasons. You know, so it's not it's not new for us to to, to see a 49er team this inept and this bereft. Uh, but this is the NFL, and it's a business, and the 49ers are very much a business-minded, entrepreneurial team. And I think the only silver lining we can take from this is that, you know, when you're this low down, you can only get better, you can only improve, and things will change, because they're going to have to change. So, you know, I think if you, you, you need to take positives when you're in a situation like this, and I think that maybe the changes that, that come in to remedy this might be the right ones, you know, let's hope they are. Do you think that we're, we're obviously going to see player changes mid-season? We, we can... We can quite well expect that. I think if if the talk is true that Colin Kaepernick isn't game fit, then going by Gabbard's play at the moment, as soon as Kaepernick is game fit, we're going to see him in. Front office management, are we going to see those changes mid-season as well? Or is that going to be once the season's over? Are we going to be waiting until next year to see well, those sorts of changes? You know I mean, my guess would be as good as anybody else's. Um... I think with the front office thing, with with the GM, I think if a good GM was available, then it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. I'd, I'd aggressively pursue that GM. So, you know, obviously it's like recruiting for any prestigious position. You need to have a short list of, of people that you want to go after. Have the 49ers got a short list of people that they want to go after? Or is there anybody come forward that thinks, actually, I could do this job and, and sell that to, to the ownership, you know? Uh, but I, I couldn't tell you if that's going to happen in season or or postseason. You know, but it will. It's going to have to happen because if something doesn't change, we're going to be like this. And it, here's another thing about Blaine Gabbert: how come he's worse this year than he was last year? Last year he showed signs of being, you know, a reasonably competent quarterback, and all of a sudden this year he's. Um, He's a mess. He's like the very worst of Alex Smith when Alex Smith was having a bad time of things. He has, as they said about Kaepernick, regressed. Yeah, the R word. Well, I mean, players do do regress, but sometimes they they can pick up too. You know, they can, they can rejuvenate themselves. Sometimes, you know, it might take a change of scene. Maybe they have to play somewhere else or a different coach. I mean, look at Vernon Davis. Um, Mike Singletary turned him into a human being. You know, and then he became very productive for Jim Harbaugh for a short while, and then he went back to being Vernon Davis. You know, so it, sometimes it, it could be something as simple as a as a change of management or a change of coaching that can bring out the best in a player. You know, but when you look at somebody like Kaepernick and Gabbert, you know, he's a mobile quarterback. He, you know, if you look at him on paper, the 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 Blaine Gabbert that played at the University of Missouri, the one that was a first round draft draft pick by Jacksonville, you know, he he had all the components. He had he had all the ability to be, you know, um, 
a high-level QB in the NFL. Uh, he didn't make it, so maybe it could take. It could be Chip Kelly that changes him. You know, it's it's just really hard to say. We'll look at uh, three last comments from the group. Steve Panda Richardson, QBs. Cap can't read the defense. He's not the answer. Gabbard is inaccurate and doesn't go long. He's not the answer. Uh, Seattle defense was pretty much as expected. They're very difficult to run or pass on. And our subpar offense was always going to struggle against them. Simon Holdsworth, offensively, the playbook is being defined by the talent carrying it out. Lack of quality and skill positions means we are very conservative playbook. The team is in desperate need of talent. And I fear in a few year, it's a few years before we can see us challenging again. And James Little, our defense, including Bowman, was completely overwhelmed last night from the first second. When it should have been the game, the Oregon duo were making their mark. How did our defense struggle so much against one of the worst O-lines in the league? It's not as bad as you know we'd like to think. Is our defense not that good? That surprised me. Um, was our D filling us with false promise from the first two games? Do you, do you think... Do you think the first two games flattered the defence? Or did they just have an absolute donkey Look, of a game yesterday? Play your first game of the season and you win with a shutout. Okay? You know, that's that's pretty impressive no matter who you're playing. Because let's not forget, and I hate using that cliche, but in the NFL, it really is any given Sunday and all that crap. You know, and, and that proved itself because the Rams went on to beat Seattle. The team that we shut out and beat by 28 points, went out and beat the team that just absolutely stuffed us yesterday, you know. Yeah. Now, there's no logic in saying just because we beat them that we should, and they beat Seattle that we should be able to see that football logic, sports logic. That, that, that goes out the window. That, that completely goes out the window. Yeah. Um, is it Steve Holtzworth, his comments? Um, uh, Simon, I beg Simon Holtzworth. That's pretty much been the theme of this 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 show so far is that you know we're we're lacking in talent. Very much so, yeah, we are. Um, there's no two minute drill today because uh, it's Deepak on his own, and Deepak takes two minutes for one answer. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there's no two minute drill. A um, couple of things I want to touch on away from the game, um, which would be a nice little respite actually. Um, we are looking for people who are interested in coming on the show. Um, as guests to take part in a full show with us. There is a thread somewhere on the Facebook group. Um, if you have a search through, put your name on there. Um, there's a couple of little requirements that we need you to have, um, like a Skype account for a start. Um, so have a look at that. If you're interested in joining us on the show, we do have a really good laugh normally, not today. <laughs> um, but we, we, do, we do enjoy ourselves making these shows. So you're more than welcome to come and join us on the show. You should put your name on that Facebook thread. You should have to have a quick search. The other thing I wanted to touch on and say thank you is to everybody that donated to our GoFundMe page, which we set up less than a week ago to fund the cost of keeping the show on the air for the next year. Um, and I was shocked to find out that we'd actually reached the goal for that in less than a week. So thank you very much to everybody that donated that GoFundMe page is going to stay open because through the season we're going to have different things that we need to fund, um, like flyers and stuff to hand out at events or cards to hand out at events, just to help promote the group um, and make us bigger. Um, we are fast approaching a 1,000 members, which, considering we are less than a year old, is absolutely incredible. Um, so 
that's you know it's amazing how yeah, fast we've grown isn't it is. and even more so when you realize that we're a uk group of an american sports team you know um yes and that and that's what makes it even more remarkable that we can get gain so much <clears throat> enthusiasm and energy put into our show from people who want to be a part of it uh, and really add your friends to the group um, put us about share, share us on Twitter Facebook Definitely. let's see if we can get that thousandth member and uh, you know I, I think it's a, it is a remarkable achievement but it's a testimony to, to, to the people who interact on Twitter and Facebook and, and our other social media outlets and your comments about the show as well because we want our, our, our objective has always been for this to be a show for, for everybody so you know, as Paul said, um, if, you, if you fancy having a go, you know, just put your name on the Facebook thread or PM any one of us guys, and and we'll get you, um, we'll get you on. And just one more thing, Paul, again about the Go GoFundMe. Um, I, I I really really am overwhelmed at how generous people have been in donating and uh, and helping us uh, keep the show alive, so to speak, for at least another year. So thank you again. Yeah. So uh, that's it. You've got to put up with us for another year because uh, we are funded through to next year. Um, we're going to be back later in the week to preview the Dallas Cowboys game in Santa Clara. Oh, dear. <laughs> that's all I'm saying right now. Um, may, maybe my mind will be changed when it comes to Wednesday, Wednesday's recording of that preview show. Who knows? But that is it for this episode of the show. Thanks to AudioNautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell for his for his blog. Thanks to James Little for running Twitter and Instagram. Thanks to our researcher Mark Lyon. Thank, uh, thanks to Gav Sutton and Cat Victory. They normally do the two-minute drill and just unfortunately the way it worked today we couldn't get the two-minute drill in. Thanks to Graham Ross for editing the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook search the Frequency49 show. It's time to say goodbye Deepak. See you guys. And you know what? Chin up. It's Dallas. Come on. This is the big grudge game. We got this. <laughs> on behalf of Deepak Gohill, I've been Paul McDonald. You've been the audience and this has been the Frequency 49 show. Bye for now.